Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are continuing our June mailbag in earnest. And Gavin, we have a bunch of questions today from one of our all-star question askers, Jordan Bubb from Twitter. Yeah, big shout out to Jordan. Uh, we talk about our most overhyped and undervalued prospects, and then we talk about if we would trade the Knicks first round pick for a variety of veterans, and if so, which one would we pick? All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out in your earbuds or if you're checking us out in your earbuds and on your screen or maybe even on your tv it's kind of weird you can like watch youtube on your tv now maybe you watch some tv that would be kind of cool like we're on sports center or something either way we appreciate you guys making us a part of your day today and every day whether it's on your favorite podcast platform or on youtube i'm alex wolf i'm editor-in-chief of nick's site the strickland which you can find at the strict.land he is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Gavin, you still doing lacrosse this week? Yeah, yeah. This, it's this is it's, it's the final rounds. Uh, New York State semifinals, New York State championship, and then I, I'm I'm away from the great sport of lacrosse for ten months. My heart will break, but uh, you know what? I guess I guess I can just keep talking Knicks. It's the final countdown. Banana, banana, uh, <laughs> Speaking of final countdown, we're on our initial countdown towards some questions from our buddy Jordan Bubb off of Twitter for our June mailbag, which, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, crap, there was a mailbag, like you can go to our Twitter and ask us questions right in there. Or maybe even if you're on YouTube, I, I mean, we could we could scroll the comments. If you have a yeah. question, just say, hey, we have a question for you guys and ask it in the comments and we'll answer it on a future show this month because we're going to keep answering these questions as long as we get them because we love getting questions from you guys. But our first question from our buddy Jordan today uh, who is the most overhyped and undervalued prospects in this NBA draft? So, Gavin, I guess first, mm, let's let's start negative, I guess. Who do you think is being overhyped right now in the NBA draft? That's a good question. Uh, this, this feels weird to say because he's a Knicks fan favorite, but I don't I don't know if I'm all in on, on Benedict Matherin quite yet. I think he's going to be a really good player. I just I don't know if what makes him a star in college necessarily translates to the NBA. Like I, I see a good role player there, but I think there are people who watch some of his bigger performances at Arizona, particularly that game against TCU, and see a star. I don't know if I go quite that far. I think I think he's an interesting role player with with maybe the upside for a little bit more. But Alex, I'm, I'm gonna have to think on that a little bit more. Do you, did anyone jump to the front of your mind? I've got two that might be a little surprising to people listening when I say these two names, <laughs> but. One is Shaden Sharp, I think is, I think based off some recent conversations like that we had with PD Webb and then um, that you had with Jake Rosen, I, I think people in the know that really have paid more attention to Sharp's game, 
seem to kind of see behind the veil of the of the number one high school prospect thing, you know, considering how quickly he made that rise and how it was basically just based off like a 15 game EYBL sample, um, which is, you know, its own thing as far as like, how much do we value, you know, that versus college play versus just high level high school play, like when they're playing at these big, you know, uh, prep schools and whatever. So initially, you know, I know that you and I were like, really, we've watched a few videos of him and we were like, oh my God, like, like sell the house to go get Shaden Sharp. Like he's going to be a star, you know, not, not necessarily sell the house, but you know, like be aggressive, try to get him. Now I'm kind of like, I don't know. I have some question marks with like, I still see him showing up in like top fives of these mocks. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I have some questions based off the, off how he handled the pre-draft process so far. Um, the fact that, you know, if I would have seen him, you know, after not being in high school for, you know, he, he hadn't played basketball in so long, like any organized ball, thanks to, you know, his high school season being interrupted by COVID and stuff. And then, uh, you know, the eligibility stuff at Kentucky. And then like, he maybe could have played the second half of Kentucky, but I didn't fault him for not doing it. Cause if you're coming in, you didn't, you weren't there for training camp and everything. It's a little hard to come in and make yourself look good that way. But then like, this guy's supposed to be a mega athlete. He's supposed to be a great like isolation score and all this other stuff. That's like perfect to go into the combine and just wreck everybody. And he doesn't even do that. I'm like, eh, I'm starting to have a little bit of reservations about him. And I wonder, I, I don't know what it is that's, you know, that caused him to have those decisions. I guess we'll hear what starts coming out once we start hearing about like his workouts with teams, but he worries me a little bit. And then also another guy, I mean, I love him, but, I also think that his limitations are being. Can I can I guess who you're going to say? Yeah, I, I I'm betting on Jabari Smith. No, I was actually going to oh. say Dyson Daniels. Surprisingly, oh, interesting. Wow. I think he's like, yeah, I think he's maybe getting a little bit overvalued. Maybe I'm just trying to will him to the Knicks at 11. But you know, I think there's some concerns with him. Like I, I know that his player type is very in vogue right now, but like he's not quite the passer that like a Josh Giddy or a Lamelo is. He's got some of the same shooting question marks that they do yes he plays the amazing defense but like you know i i think that there's a lot of guys in this draft that could potentially end up more well-rounded offensive players with an easier path to get there than him um and that sort of worries me a little bit and if you want it if you want him to be a point guard in the nba like that especially i think might take like at least a year or two like i think you're gonna have to commit to you know, sort of having him play off ball and sort of be a connector for a little bit. But if he's going to do that, the three-point shot has to come around sooner than later. So, like, that's another thing. I just feel like, you know, I really like his game, obviously. I've been advocating for the Knicks to take him. I would even say, like, you know, maybe even trade up to, like, eight or something, you know, if that avenue presents itself. But having seen him hop into the top five once or twice, like – but I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I guess it's sort of like if he t- hops into the top five and Shaden Sharp's out, which I think makes a little more sense. But I also don't know if I quite see Daniels there. Now, granted, maybe he just crushes all of his workouts and it makes total sense why teams take him. And in a better context than the G League Ignite, he looks a lot better in the like actual NBA. But I guess we'll see what happens. But I, I do worry that maybe he's he's on a little bit too much of a rocket ship right now. 
You know those YouTube videos that are like top 10 greatest anime betrayals of all time? I feel like I just witnessed one in front of my <laughs> face. That, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for you to you to talk down on Dyson. Wow, that's <laughs> that's wild, man. When, when he's on the podcast in a few years, we're, we're going to have to bring this up. But uh, I just want to keep him humble, you know? Yeah. I just got to... <laughs> Yeah, I'll throw one more name out there. Um, I think I think Chet Holmgren, and not re- not even because of where he's going to get taken, but just because of what I think outside expectations are for him. Because I think people hear the name and and hear the hype, and I've seen some of the YouTube videos, like like when in high school when he famously broke Steph Curry's ankles, and, and think this guy is is Anthony Davis. And I I don't know, maybe maybe I'm arguing against against no one, right? Um, I'm, I'm making like a straw man basically, but. I think he's he's a lot more Al Horford than he is even maybe Evan Mobley in that he'll be a really good defensive player and he'll be hyper-efficient offensively, right? Because he can shoot the three and he's good around the rim and, and he's a smart passer. But I don't really see – I don't see Megastar there. And I just think – I think part of the – equation that that's fascinating to me and i think it's i, I think the thunder the i'm um, sorry not the thunder i think the magic are going to take jabari smith the number one right and, and this interesting question for the thunder is chet seems like such an obvious pick with their guards and what they're building there but are you really going to pass up on palo's upside because i just think chet has such a cap ceiling he's almost definitely going to be good unless you're really concerned about the weight and it's fair to be concerned about the weight just because a lot there really haven't, there isn't a long track record of bigs at that size succeeding in the NBA. But I think it, I, I, in my opinion, he's going to be good, but I I'm almost sure that he's not going to be a game changer for your franchise. Can you, can you pass up on someone with a higher ceiling at that two spot? I don't know. So I would say he's overrated in that context. I would, I would say he's underrated in the sense that people who are like, he's going to be a bust. He's going to be a bust. Like, nah, I think, I think there's just too much skill there. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, as far as guys I think are being undervalued as of right now, one guy we've been talking about a lot lately, I think Johnny Davis maybe getting a little undervalued. Like I think that prior to when he got hurt this year, he had really, really good production and was almost being uh, like in the conversation for National Player of the Year. And then I have seen, too, that like, his context, like I didn't watch a lot of Wisconsin this year, you know, so most of what I have to rely on is like watching stuff on YouTube and stuff now. And I haven't really watched like a full game yet, but from what I understand, I mean, he was like option one, two and three on that offense and had basically no help on either end. Uh, in which case I could totally see a world where, you know, he was getting so much defensive attention thrown to him. that It's like, are you just overthinking this a little bit because he's a second year prospect and was playing on a team where he was like the only guy almost feels, and I don't want to make this comparison, but like just the context feels kind of similar to like Steph Curry when he was coming out of college of like, you know, he, Oh, he was so good at Davidson, but what about the level of competition? What about this? What about that? Now taking into consideration, like he was the only dude scoring points for that team and, you know, was getting like doubles, triples all the time. And so if that was the situation that Johnny Davis was living through, maybe we're sort of overanalyzing like the efficiency and stuff a little bit in that case. And then the other guy I'll just throw out for being undervalued. And this is another guy that I've said that I have my reservations about, but like I saw a mock today where the Knicks were mocked uh, Mark Williams and passed over AJ Griffin who fell to 11. And I was like, that can't happen. If that happens, like the Knicks need to take AJ Griffin and not look back. Like, I'm sorry, this dude got shot like 55% from three as a freshman. And if his athleticism comes back in any way, 
like in a meaningful way after having like the knee injury that, you know, at the end of high school, whatever that sort of carried over into Duke this year, like forget about it. You're talking about a guy who shot 50% from deep and like, if he could regain elite athleticism, could be a good defender, could have hops, like everything. So, but if nothing else, he's going to be a really good shooter, which is like, all, if that's all you get out of pick 11, then it's not a bad pick. Um, as long as the person's not like a total, you know, nothing on defense, which I don't think he should be. So that's, that's the other guy I think is being a little undervalued right now. Like, I don't, I don't think if AJ Griffin gets to the Knicks, short of like, also, I don't know, Shaden Sharp getting to the Knicks too. Like there's, there's a bunch of jumps into the top 10, like, Okay, maybe you have to make a tough decision between AJ and someone else that was projected top ten. But if it's like him and a bunch of the dudes that have been projected to the Knicks at eleven, you gotta take him and just not look back. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I got three more guys I want to talk about, Alex. But first, uh, if these prospects want to hit their ceiling, what what should they be eating at the end of the day? Well, they should certainly be eating clean, and they should be eating Sakara. And feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious plants plant rich transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body now is the time to seek wellness joy and abundance in all areas of your life starting with what you eat with sakar you get nutrient dense meals snacks and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality i actually got i had the pleasure of getting to try sakar and i'll tell you what like my wife and i my wife's vegetarian as a result, like we eat vegetarian or vegan a lot, like for dinner, because just so I don't have to make like a meat item just for myself. And having Sakara for a few days, I was like, this is some of the best like vegan food I've ever had in my life. There was a, a vegan goat cheese spread made with cashews that could have fooled me. And I'm like one of the biggest goat cheese guys in the world. There was a vegan pasta bolognese with spinach and stuff mixed in, uh, quote unquote bolognese because it didn't have ground beef and in fact had like uh, like protein crumbles, just amazing, really, really tasty, great food. So like on top of being really healthy, the food is primo and it's great if you don't want to like worry at all about your meals and you don't want to have to cook and whatever else they figure it all out for you. They send you really healthy stuff that all tastes amazing and it all gets delivered right to your door and at most needs to be like microwaved or heated up in a pan. It's, it's really great stuff. So car is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power plants and the nutritionally designed chef crafted breakfast lunches and dinners are made with powerful plant rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings and get your skin glowing. Plus it's all delivered to your door ready to eat. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakaracom slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara S A K A R A.com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. All right, Gavin, we're back and about to get into uh, the rest of uh, your uh, undervalued guys in the draft right now. But I do just want to ask everybody an important favor. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcast even better like locked on Knicks. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's not too shabby. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. And Gavin, I now cede the floor to you. Who are your other three undervalued prospects right now? 
Yeah, I'll rip off three quick ones. Keegan Murray uh, is the highest ranked of that group. I just, I, I think he has some Obi Toppin in him in terms of just outstanding college efficiency. And with Obi, it took a little bit, but then it did translate to the NBA. And Keegan doesn't really have any of the defensive concerns that Obi has. Like everything about his um, advanced statistical profile just screams star in the NBA. And maybe similar to Chet, I don't know if he hits that, but I just think the odds of him busting are so low that you got to take a swing on him. And I lied about him being the highest guy. He's also Jaden Ivey has to be in that mix. I, I think there's, I, I'm surprised he's not in the conversation for the number one pick. I kind of get it just because Orlando obviously has taken Suggs and Cole Anthony the uh, the last two years, but the kind of juice that he has, it's just, it to me, it's the most obvious star trait of any of the top four. I mean, you could argue Chet's rim protection. You could argue Jabari's shooting. You could argue Paolo's frame and skill combination, but I just I just think his speed is a game changer. Uh, Malachi Branham, I, I've talked about a bunch, so I don't need to, but just rare combination of efficiency and volume and and comfort level for a freshman, um, all of which I think will translate well to the NBA. And then one of one of our mutual favorites, uh, one of the favorites of seemingly everyone we talked to, Tari Eason, just his, his wingspan, instincts, physicality, uh, uh, aggressiveness, I think is is one. Yeah, big big hands, big big hands. Um, is yeah, it, it's like that old entourage quote. Like you know, you know, you know, he's a star when he has a big head. He's like, yeah, he's, um, and they'll just throw out different guys like Vince Vaughn, big head, big big head. <laughs> Tari Eason, big hands, big big hands. Yeah, um, yeah, kids, kid, kids gonna be at the very least, I think, a solid NBA player. And if if that jumper comes around, there is uh, there's a case that he will be one of the three to five best guys in this draft. So those, those are my quick ones, Alex, but we can, we can, we can jump to the next question. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, a nightmare hypothetical real quick to get into. Mm, um, <laughs> the uh, world isn't bad enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another one from our, our buddy, Jordan Bub on Twitter. Uh, if you had to keep one of these Knicks vets for next season, Kemba or Noel, uh, and you can't pick neither and you have to suffer through their worst case scenario. Which one would you pick? Uh, pretty easily, Noel, because I think the worst I case so scenario, the worst case scenario for him is just he's not on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. And the worst case, or, or or no, the worst case scenario for him would actually be a new rule is instituted that he's only allowed to play offense. But um, <laughs> actually, and, and he, no, you know what? I would say the worst case scenario for him would be is actually what happened earlier this year, where he's playing hurt, right, and clearly hurt, but like enough that he can gut it out. So like, if we had to deal with that for a whole season. Although like the worst case for Kemba is that he goes out there fully healthy at this point. Cause or his version of fully healthy as we saw this year. So I guess there's really no great option. I, no, I struggle pretty, to say which, which one is more damaging to be honest. I just think Kemba hurts you more because he, he, he demands the ball. He, he's either demanding the ball or he's useless, right? There's no, there's no middle ground as we found out this year. And, and either of those options hurt you at this point, if you're the Knicks. Yeah, and he's just a complete turnstile on defense. So it's like, do you want him to run your offense and have his one miracle 40-point game per year and the rest be like eight-point stinkers? Or do you want uh, like Noel to go out there on a bum knee and not be able to do anything on offense or defense either? Both these players are terrible at their worst-case scenario. They were like literally – I mean, I hate to say it. They were probably the two – worst stories of this whole Knicks season. I mean, no, like Burks, I, I don't fault because he just got put in a bad position. But like when he was in the right position, he looked like a good investment. You know, it looked like the Knicks paying him last year was a good decision. The Knicks paying Noel looks, I mean, really stupid now. I, it's yeah. just like he got a little hurt and then he got real hurt. And 
he clearly he needs to be 100% healthy or else things aren't going to work. And he needs like his 100% peak athleticism to be able to do what he does on defense. And if he doesn't have that, then like, then he's really, he's never any good on offense. So like, he just doesn't have anything going. Kemba, meanwhile, is just like, I mean, he's lost so much of his burst. He obviously can't coexist with Julius Randle, but even if you threw him out there with the same lineup plus Obi Toppin in there, and he could run pick and roll all day with Obi, you still don't get over the fact that he can't play defense anymore. Um, yeah, I guess gun to my head, I take the Noel situation, but it, I don't like either of them. <laughs> no, uh, th- th- thanks for torturing us, Jordan. Uh, but we'll, we'll forgive you because you asked about 50 questions and, uh, here's another one of them. Uh, he said, um, who should the Knicks be targeting in the second round? Should it be a big, like uh job or, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry for my pronunciation here. Um, and Zosa, um, or wing like Patrick Baldwin, Jr., uh, Josh Minot, uh, Julian Champagny, um, or a guard like God, this is uh, he's, he's continuing to torture me, Alex. Uh, Ziga Samar, or this one I know, Alondis Williams. Uh, well, maybe we should just remind everybody where they can go to bet on there's nothing draft related we can bet on right now, but you know, uh, where can people go bet real quick before we answer that question? Or, or can, or can people, uh, place odds and be pronouncing the next name wrong? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, they, it's they might have odds there. We could probably work out a special line. On that yeah. One. Yeah. They, you know, bet, bet, bet online. Uh, they, they, they dig those, uh, those high risk, uh, high reward ones. Uh, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including, this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Uh, and they have some odds that will currently interest Knicks fans, and they are about the next Utah Jazz coach to replace Quinn Snyder. And Alex, unfortunately for us Knicks fans, the man with the number one odds to replace Quinn Snyder at 3-1 to one is, of course, Johnny Bryant. So if you, like me, would very much like the Knicks to retain Johnny Bryant and potentially even for Johnny Bryant to be the Knicks' next head coach, uh, you'll, you'll throw some money on someone else and really hope you're right. Or, or you could bet on Johnny Bryant, and then at least if it happens, uh, you, you get some money. Regardless, uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Alex, uh, let's see how many of those names you remembered. I'm not going to say the question again. Uh, who, do, who do you want to start off talking about? Uh, well, I actually want to talk about Alonis Williams first. Uh, mm. I'm mostly familiar with him because working closely with Prez, I know that Prez is a, a huge Alondis Williams guy. Uh, he's gotten my attention and, and others like in our Discord channel and stuff have gotten my attention by relating him in some ways to like Baron Davis. He's like a thick guard that's like surprisingly super athletic. Uh, and wait, isn't, has... isn't he like six, eight? Am I crazy? He's... No, I don't think he's quite that big. He's got, I think he's six, four or six, five. Okay. Um, like sense. good point guard size, you know, yeah. he's, he's a good size for a point guard, but yeah, he's, I, six he's... Five. he was in the, he's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a big boy though. Like he's, he's built like, like a tank and, you know, has, but again, has like really surprising hops and athleticism. Um, I like his vision. It seems like he can shoot a bit and create a bit. So, I mean, I don't know what's holding teams back on him. Like, it seems like his stats are really good, too. Like, I I don't fully he's, get it. He's older. I think that's part of it. That's probably part of it. I feel like he's got steel written all over him. I think Prez, Prez and some draft Twitter have had their misses over the last couple of years. Uh, Sharif Cooper. Um, 
who we can't fully write off yet either because he only had one rookie season in the G League mostly and backing up quote unquote Trey Young. So like, you know, there's only so much you can glean from that. But uh, uh, you know, I, I think Alondis is a is a good bet. He looks like he's going to be at least a backup guard. Um, uh, I was also going to say uh, uh, Nemhart from Gonzaga was not a name that Jordan brought up, but like if the Knicks want a potential like real point guard, you know, that might be available by the time their 42nd pick rolls around, he might be a guy. Uh, he also might be gone by then. They might have to make a little bit of a move to move up, you know, a number of spots to get him. But I, I think that he could be a good pick for the Knicks if they're looking for like a, like a pure point guard type. So, you know, go for that if you want. But like, I like, uh, I, I like the idea of like a Patrick Baldwin jr. Potentially. I mean, he tested terrible at the combine and had a really bad freshman season. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, so the guy put up terrible stats at college and he can't jump at all. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but he was really highly regarded coming out of high school. Sometimes I feel like you just, you know, if you reach that point where you're in like the second round and you have a guy fall in your lap, you think, okay, this guy was really good in high school. Like, let's just take him and see if it works out. Sometimes that works like with someone like Mitchell Robinson, who had some weird circumstances surrounding, you know, his whole journey to the NBA and yet turned out pretty good, Um, you know, despite really uh, obviously not getting to play college ball at all and, you know, having pretty limited high school exposure and stuff like that. Sometimes you just take a chance on a guy and it works out. So Baldwin is a guy that I'm definitely uh, interested in. And then I'll just throw like two bigs out there too, real quick, and then throw it to you, Gavin. Like there's um, two guys that have really uh, uh, gotten my interest lately. It's Christian Coloco out of Arizona. Um, he put up really good numbers at Arizona and, you know, he's a little older too. He's like almost 22 years old and he's a junior. So that's going to hold some, you know, people back, I guess, but he's like a true seven footer, good rim protection from what it seems, but also is like during all these workout videos and stuff. And like, people are saying that it's like legit, like he's hitting, like, you know, it's not like, Oh, they capture him making three in a row. And then he misses like 27. Um, he's like, legitimately they're putting him through drills and he's making like 24 out of 35 three point attempts and stuff like, and the form looks good and everything else. Like, that's a guy worth trying. I don't know. Maybe that's like your second round Brooke Lopez that you can, you know, nab and have a rim protector that can shoot threes and space your offense. That would be pretty cool. So I'd be into him. Also, uh, Ismael Kamagate who plays for, uh, Paris basketball. Uh, he's, he's a center as well. And he was a guy that Rafael Barlow talked up a bit, uh, when he was on the pod last time and really piqued my interest. I started looking into him a little bit and I'm like, all right, this guy seems legit too. Like he's kind of messed around and like beaten up on like Victor Wembanyama, who we had PD Webb on, who said is like one of the best prospects since like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, so if that's the case, like if this guy has flashed some of that, but it's just, you know, due to. Euroleague player, whatever, hasn't gotten as much of a, a platform, you know, to, to show himself off. That's a guy I'd be interested in potentially nabbing, you know, especially if the Knicks are moving on from Mitchell Robinson rather than use that pick on like a Mark Williams or a Jalen Duren or something like that in the first round. Maybe just stay patient and either use your, you know, pick 42 or maybe buy a pick that's further up or trade some combination of you know, pick 42 in cash or something like that to move into the thirties and grab a guy, you know, like that, I, I think that might be the move. And then just kind of platoon, like, 
you know, whether it's Kamigate or, or Coloco with Jericho Sims and then have like whoever, like Taj Gibson or maybe Nerlens Noel or, you know, whatever is your, as your breaking case of emergency guy in case those guys get in foul trouble. But, you know, especially if the Knicks move on from Randall and lean more into the youth, I think that's a move I'd definitely be into. Yeah, I'll, I'll just throw out one name real quick, a guy I really like, uh, Christian Braun out of Kansas, who, who really flashed during the NBA Combine guy. I, I think people uh, is, is one of those dudes who seems like he was in college for about a million years, and Kansas had, I think, six of those guys on their team, and it just felt weird because I was like, oh, I remember watching those dudes. I, I'm a lifelong Oklahoma fan. I'm like, didn't they play against Blake Griffin in, in like 2008? Am I crazy? <laughs> but uh, but he's, he's a nice player. I mean, he can really shoot the ball. Slick passer, uh, tough defender with with pretty good feet. Uh, I, I just think he he's one of those guys you could just you could just throw into the mix on almost any bench rotation in the NBA, and I feel like he would be a plus piece just because he seems again thanks to that extended college career very very ready. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Alondis Williams guy too. I, I just think flat out one of the more aesthetically pleasing games in the NBA. Because I, I love, I, I always love when you get a big dunker who just has a great skill set. I mean, ba- Baron Davis was a fantastic name to throw out. I think he's he's almost the all time example of that. But someone who has that that uh, like skyrocket athleticism, but also just clearly is is just such a savvy and and skilled player as well. And Alec Burks, I don't know, did you see that clip going around the other day of of that dunk he had when he was on the Jazz? And and someone caption is like this is this is not the Knicks Alex Alec Burks or something and I was like oh I didn't I had no idea he could get up like that but I, I guess he was the example of that back in the day but yeah uh, big fan of Alonis Williams it would be cool if he got a shot in the Knicks I, I don't know I don't know what his NBA future is um, given his age and I, I, to your point I, I don't know exactly what the questions are about him but I assume there's some some speed stuff that might not translate to the NBA but who knows uh, I. I like his game a whole lot. Um, Alex, but we can finish up on this one uh, real quick. Final question of the day from, of course, Jordan Bubb. Um, if the Knicks trade out of the first round for one of these players, who would it be for? Malcolm Brogdon, Mike Conley, Colin Sexton, Harrison Barnes. I don't know about you. Malcolm Brogdon, I, I mean, the way he frames the question is not who we would want, but um, who, who the most likely scenario is. I think Brogdon's the only guy on that list I could say is is likely. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Sexton, but even but given his restricted free agency, that would that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, I don't think they could technically do that without it being considered tampering. Um, we've seen the the league sort of crack down on sign and trades the last couple of years. That's been like their pet thing. It's wait, like, wouldn't wouldn't that be similar to the the Wiggins trade where you pick the guy and then you wait thirty days and then you trade him? Yeah, but it's different because that was agreed upon after Wiggins was already drafted, allegedly, you know, unless they did a good job covering that up. But like, like when Wiggins got drafted, it was like the Cavs didn't know LeBron was coming back. If you can't see me on YouTube and you're listening on pod, I just did big time air quotes like, you know, of course, the Cavs probably had a pretty good idea that LeBron was coming back when the draft was happening, but for all intents and purposes, they did not know that. And so they just drafted Wiggins. And then later on, which I do think this is legit. Like, I do think that after LeBron officially said, yes, I'm coming to Cleveland, then they put the wheels fully in motion to trying to find a trade. And then it just came it came out with like, okay, you know, Kevin Love deal. We'll send you Andrew Wiggins. And with that, it was just because, see, this is what actually makes it even more likely that maybe the Cavs didn't fully know about LeBron's decision at that time was that, they signed Wiggins to his deal rather than just having him be a draft pick at that point. So like you can just, they could have like 
held out in his contract negotiations for a little bit or whatever, if they knew that that was coming and then they could have just traded his rights right away and been like, okay, Minnesota or, you know, you guys arrange his, uh, his rookie scale contract Because technically speaking number one pick usually just gets offered the max of what they can, but there is technically a scale that they can offer the player from like X dollar amount to X dollar amount. Usually they just go the higher amount. Um, but so that was kind of part of showing that they, maybe weren't planning that right away either because that was what made them have to wait the 30 days. Otherwise you could just trade the guy right away. Um, I think in the case of this, if it was like a sign and trade for Colin Sexton, I'm pretty sure that the league would be like, ah, no free agency is until next week. So we're nixing this and Knicks, you guys probably just to screw the Knicks because everybody loves to screw the Knicks. They'd be like, you guys lose your first round pick next year or something rather than just the second rounder. Because now this again, it's becoming like a pet issue for them. Um, where the they, Knicks would definitely win the lottery in that scenario. Yes, win the lottery and then it gets forfeited. And then, I don't know, somehow like Boston would get pick number two and get awarded the number one pick or something. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the Sexton thing can like logistically happen unless there's some backdoor stuff where like the Knicks call up the Cavs and say like, it, call up the Cavs and call up Sexton's representation and say like, hey guys, like in a whisper, like, you know, we, we can't talk about this officially, but like, we want Sexton to come here. Is that cool? Like Sexton, your agent, Sexton, you good with that? Okay, cool, cool. Cavs, you guys good with that? Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Like, so this will be the dollar amount. And then like, who do you guys want in the draft? We'll draft them for you. We promise. Okay. You want that? Like, yeah, that that would get out somehow. (laughs) So I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I think my ideal, I mean, I don't think any of those options are ideal if I'm being completely honest. Um, would be Brogdon just because I think that he has the highest ceiling for potential production, even with the injury concerns, Barnes and Conley just don't move the needle for me at all. Like, especially if you're not, if you're trading your draft pick and not Julius Randall and end up with Harrison Barnes, like what are you doing with your life? You're just preventing Obi Toppin from playing more, or you're committing to playing Harrison Barnes at the three, which both are just bad ideas right now. And Conley is just, I mean, he had a resurrection this past year, but I still think, He's pretty well over the hill. I would not trade a 11th pick for him at this point in his career. So Brogdon's like the only guy that makes even a, a, the smallest bit of sense to me there. So he is both the ideal and the realistic option to me. I guess the most disastrous would be Harrison Barnes to me. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in total agreement. I would almost, I would actually say Conley at this point would be more disastrous than Harrison Barnes. And anyone who watched any of that jazz Mavericks looked, and, and it sucks to say because Conley, Conley's, Really one of my favorite NBA 10 years or so, but he, he, lo- he looks like he's done. Uh, but to your point, I, I think Brogdon is the only choice. And with that, we will wrap up this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, throw us a review. I keep saying it, but nobody nobody throws us a review. Maybe maybe you're just too happy to even write how happy you are. But but please, we love uh, constructive criticism or just or just nice words, whatever you want to say. Uh, nice but just throw us five. Nice words are nice, Uh, but just throw us five stars. But anyways, until next time, peace out. I'm Gavin. Peace out.